podcast listener, welcome to NPR. Nobody pretends that Reese's are pronounced Reese's because it's wrong. Okay, today I am recording in the morning. I have just had some cold brew, so I got some energy. Before we get into today's episode, I'm going to do a quick life update, okay? First of all, learning some new stuff with the microphone and i think we're kind of leveling out sound better i hope that you are uh able to like hear that on the other end i hope that it's starting to sound a little bit better maybe more profesh um also i've started wearing contacts so uh let's see maybe like a month into lockdown like real lockdown in the pandemic uh i got glasses And for a really long time, I thought that everybody just kind of saw stuff far away as blurry. I'm like, well, we're humans, right? We're not perfect. That's just blurry because, like, it's far away. And then I learned that that's not actually how it works. And some people can see way farther than me. I'm super jealous. So I got glasses. And then when things started happening again, specifically live music, and I started being able to buy tickets to a bunch of shows, I was like, I don't want to wear glasses to shows, you know, especially ones where I'm going to be in like a pit or something because my glasses are going to break. But I also want to be able to see what's going on. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try out contacts. And so far, I think I'm on like two and a half weeks, two and a half weeks in, and we're doing pretty good. The fastest I've gotten them in the first one, my right eye, I got it in on the first try once and I was super excited. And then it took me like I don't know, like seven minutes to put in the second one. And it was very upsetting. And I had this like red blotch on my eye because I like scratched my eye up because I'm really not gentle when I put them in. I just kind of don't care and I want it to be over with, which is probably not the best technique, but oh well. I can see, and I felt like some of you out there might appreciate that update because maybe you also had a hard journey with contacts or you're still working on it. Or if you've been thinking about doing them, I'd say... The hard part about them is if you have a problem putting something in your eye, it's hard, right? Like for me, I can touch my eye. I've always been able to touch my eye. If there's something in it, I will put my finger right on my eyeball. I don't care. But there's a reflex that I get when I'm putting something in my eye. That's when my eye is like, nope, and it closes and it's really frustrating. And then I like pinch my contact and yeah. So this was way too long of an intro about that, but uh, like I said, I had a lot of caffeine for this episode, and y'all can probably relate to that too. I just hold on another tangent because I just saw a tweet the other day, and it was about coffee and how people are very torn over it. You know, some people are obsessed with coffee and they love it; they drink it every day. Some people say that it's horrible for you and that you should stop drinking it because you'll be short or whatever. I'm already only five feet; I'm not going to grow. I've given up, so I don't care. But I read something and it was like, coffee is not as bad for you as people say. At worst, it's like kind of bad for you. At its best, it makes you happy or whatever. Drink your coffee. And I loved that. I was like, okay, you're so right. And I, I mean, I don't drink coffee. I just drink cold brew. I don't like straight up coffee. is nasty to me. And I did used to work at Starbucks, but that's fine. Um, luckily, you don't need to like coffee to work there. 
but I thought that was kind of nice. They're like, you know what? Just do your own thing. You know, life is short. Drink some coffee. Drink some Red Bull in the morning. I don't know. I love Red Bull too, but I haven't had it in a while because if this is what coffee does to me, then you don't want to know what Red Bull does. All right, let's get into the episode. Today's episode is another topic one, and I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite shows, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I hope I'm not saying any words wrong because they say stuff in like Philly accents sometimes. Like Philadelphia, I think I say in a Midwest accent. I think some people be like Philadelphia. Oh, okay. I've heard Dax Shepard, and this is a separate tangent, but there's going to be tangents today. Dax Shepard has said Philadelphia, and I think he might be the only person on the planet who says that because there's no Dolph in the word, right? But Anyway, okay, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's 14 seasons. They're currently working on the 15th one right now. I saw a post the other day from their Instagram and all the cast was tweeting about how they're working on it. So I'm very excited for them because it's been a few years since they had a season. I started watching the show, I want to say like three years ago, maybe, because I think the first season that I watched as it was like airing was season 12. I believe. And I found out about the show from some of my friends in high school. And at first I watched the first season and I didn't really enjoy the first season. And I think it was because all of my friends, and I'm going to talk about spoilers, by the way, I I can't not. Okay. There's 14 seasons. You should probably watch them because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I can't not do spoilers, but a lot of my friends were, when they talked about the show, they mentioned Danny DeVito And if you've seen the show, you know that he's not in the first season. So I was really looking forward to Danny DeVito. And I think that was the main reason why I wasn't totally into the first season the first time that I saw it. But then I watched more and more and I'm like, okay, the show is hilarious. And I love D with all my heart. So what I'm going to do for this pod is a little different than topics. It's going to be all over the place, which it has been so far. First, I just want to walk you through some of my favorite episodes. Now, you might be thinking there's 14 seasons. There's so much to choose from. And yes, but also no, because there's only about 10 episodes in each season. They're all about 20 minutes. And I think maybe one season has 13 episodes, and that's like the longest season that they have. And they did this on purpose. The cast has talked about it in other interviews, how they didn't want to like burn out, kind of, is how they described it, I think. And I agree with that. I mean, if there was 26 episodes in every season, not that people run out of ideas, but they kind of do. And they have maintained this show for a long time because they keep it short and they do the right amount of stuff. And I really like that. So I'm going to go out of order because when I was going through and deciding which episodes were my favorite and kind of remembering because there's so many, I did them out of order because certain moments came to mind. But the first episode that I want to talk about is season eight, from season eight, episode seven. It's called Frank's Back in Business. This is one of my favorite episodes because, um, first of all, go and watch it and just kind of look at Danny DeVito's head the whole time. I'm not kidding. It's, it's really, it's just funny. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, this episode is funny One, it didn't get taken down. Four episodes got taken down. And this was one that I liked that I thought maybe could have. And I'm kind of blanking on why now. But I liked it. And I'm blanking on a lot of what it's about. But basically, Frank is like 
kind of a businessman, but he's also kind of grimy and dirty a lot. So the fact that he is like in a suit and trying to be fancy. And I think this is the one where Charlie also puts on a suit and he tries to be fancy. And if you know anything about Charlie, he's far from fancy. Next we have, this might be my all time favorite episode because of one scene in particular. It's from season 10, episode six, the gang misses the boat. So they refer to themselves, all the main characters refer themselves as like the gang, uh, the group of pals, even though they're all insanely mean to each other, but they miss this boat. And there's a great, you know, there's a great thing with Mac and he has this like mesh shirt. But my favorite part about this episode is when Dee and Charlie decide to do deaf poetry. <laughs> and um, Dennis, who is one of the characters, I'm not giving a lot of background. I apologize. I'm not going to give a full background because if you've seen the show, you don't want to hear me explain everything you already know. And if you haven't, maybe just watch a few episodes and then come back and you'll know like more about these characters but Dennis is really mad all day because he's trying to sell this car and Dee and Charlie are sitting in their apartment and Dennis comes in and they start just like deaf poetry slamming like at him and he's getting so furious and they say something like arrogance vanity all over he's underwater like a Range Rover uh, and then they're like smells like Zeus or smells like poos from his head down to his shoes. They like rhyme shoes with Zeus. I don't remember the exact specific, but it's fantastic. And Dennis is super mad. And it makes me happy because I feel like if you watch the show, you know how mean they are to each other. But Charlie and Dee have some pretty sweet moments together. Like, and there's one in particular that was a little crazy. But I really like that moment because they're not being mean to each other and even though that's part of the fun they're just having a good time doing deaf poetry and annoying dennis and it's quite clever the poetry that they came up with i'm not sure who wrote it who can i give credit for for those lines but they're something that i quote constantly and there's just a lot going on in that episode there's a lot to unpack but i won't unpack the whole thing again that's season 10 episode 6 the gang misses the boat Okay, another one of my favorite episodes, and I'm noticing now that most of my favorite episodes are from season nine, um, season nine supremacy. If you don't like season nine, then you're just wrong. Season nine, episode three, the gang tries desperately to win an award. If you've seen the show, you already know why this is one of my favorites. Charlie sings a song. People are mad. The ratio is off. Like, there's so much that happens, and... The best thing is definitely Charlie's music. As much as I like the spider song, which is a song that one of the people who owns the bar sings in order to win an award, even though there is no award for songs, it's very funny. However, er earlier in the episode, he sings a song and it's actually good. It's serious and it's it could be like an ad for a real pub, like if this was if the bar that the gang owns was a real pub. And I really like it because one, it showcases Charlie Day's actual talents. He can sing and he can play piano. He can also play guitar, but he plays piano in the song. And I think it's kind of a sweet moment until the gang is like, oh, yeah, we hate it. We can't let him do that, even though it was like a really good song. That is one of my favorite episodes because it showcases the cast's ability to be incredibly funny, but also that they have like so many other talents similar to I don't have this on here. But um, actually, I do. It's my next episode, so never mind. I'm going to wait to it. But they have a lot of talents. Speaking of singing, uh, one of my other favorite episodes is from season nine, episode seven, The Gang Gets Quarantined. 
Um, I want to give a quick shout out to both of my parents who have watched this episode because I have desperately tried to get them to watch It's Always Sunny. And this is the episode that I use to kind of entice people into watching the show. They all sing in the beginning of it. The opening scene is them singing and they're singing Boys to Men, uh, Motown Phillies back again. It's incredible. And they're all actually singing. They're good. They can sing together. The cast is talented. I know Glenn Howerton went to Juilliard. So, I mean, there's that, right? They all sing together and then they get sick and they have to quarantine. It's a whole thing. But I like this episode because it's funny and because they showcase their talents in such a casual way. And in some of the episodes, they there's literally a scene where they're just like harmonizing at the bar and then they won't address it and they'll just start talking about something else randomly. I think that's very fun. Maybe because I'm a musical lover and I love that kind of stuff. I think it's fun when people who do comedy or something serious randomly just break out into song. I am a big High School Musical fan. So, yes, I like when people break out into song. I've never been in a flash mob. I would like to be in one. There's another tangent. Lastly, uh, the last episode that I'll talk about as my favorite, although I am going to do a deep dive into another episode, is from season 11, episode 5, Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs. Uh, this one, I think, is, I don't want to say underrated within the fandom, but it's kind of an untraditional episode because it takes place, I don't know if there's more than one scene in the bar. I don't even know if there is a scene in the bar. I can't remember. But they move to the suburbs and drama ensues. There's a whole plot line about mac and cheese. There's a whole thing where Dennis just drives in a rage. And I personally, I don't drive, but I feel like I have a lot of rage just being a passenger. So I sort of identify with Dennis. Like, I just want to tell everyone else how to drive, even though I don't even have my license. I still feel that I could tell people how to do it better sometimes, which maybe is a flaw on my part. But I still think it's funny. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes. And those are all of them. So it was hard for me to pick. It's hard for me to pick just a few because there's so many of them. But those are some of my favorites. I know I didn't pick a lot from earlier seasons. There is some great stuff in there. But I think because I discovered it later and some of the things they talk about, I like the references are a little old for me. Sorry. I maybe identify more with some of the later seasons. Okay, here's another spoiler that I can't not talk about. In season three, 13, I think it was, Mac, like, officially comes out. One of the characters, Mac, he's gay. You always kind of know this, right? Like, everyone knows this in the show, but it's, it becomes a bigger thing throughout the series, I guess. Like, a more serious thing. And it's interesting the way he comes out. It's, like, fairly emotional, which is very uh, different for the show. It's not on, what's the word? I don't know. Usual. It's not usual for them. Who knows? I can't think of the word that I'm trying to say right now. Maybe you know what it is. Uh, but anyway, I believe that Max should have a boyfriend in season 15. If you haven't seen the show, sorry, he doesn't have one yet. And no, I don't think it should be Dennis. Sorry if that upsets you, anyone who is a big fan and ships Mac and Dennis. Uh, Dennis is definitely not gay, and that's fine. Uh, one thing I want to talk about Max character is that I've also listened to a lot of interviews with Rob McElhenney, I'm saying it right, I believe, is how important the fact that his character is gay is to him. So he's, that was worded terribly, he's not gay in real life, he's actually married to the woman who plays D, but his mom is gay 
and two of his brothers, I believe. Maybe one of his brothers. So I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I believe he said in certain interviews that this was very important to him to kind of portray, especially in the dance that he does when he comes out, to portray the struggles of being gay and not feeling like you can come out, like it's not safe to come out. But then also he adds comedy into it without being homophobic or offensive, right? Uh, there's jokes that are centered around his sexuality, but in reality, I guess, they're spreading awareness. Like there's a whole episode called Hero or Hate Crime where Danny DeVito's char character yells at him and calls him the F-slur, but he yells at him to save him from a piano falling on him. So they debate whether or not he's a hero for saving him or if it was a hate crime because he called him the F-slur, right? Which is a serious topic, but they cover it up with comedy and they still get that message across out there that like words hold meaning. And specifically for like Frank's character, Danny DeVito's character, as an older person, he kind of felt like his generation just uses that word. And this was his journey into learning more about how it impacts people into hopefully accepting um, gay people without being offensive, right? Because it's, it's so simple not to use certain words. But anyway, I really like that sort of that plot one because it's funny, but also because for me, um, I also have gay moms, shout out to my moms and to Rob and Rob's mom. And it just makes me happy to see that representation in TV, especially shows that I like. And I don't think that all comedies have to be completely serious all the time. I think it's important that they talk about issues that are happening in the world. And it's cool to see different shows present them in different ways, specifically this show. I really like how they do it. Another cool thing, if you are a Workaholics fan, I just want to quickly talk about Workaholics Connections. So I watched all of It's Always Sunny, and then I discovered Workaholics. It actually was recommended to me a few years ago, and I was like, nah, I like Adam Devine, big Pitch Perfect fan, but I, I don't know, this doesn't look interesting to me. And then I finished It's Always Sunny a while ago, but I saw a post from... I think it was Blake Anderson or something. And I remembered, you know, Workaholics exists. And I read something about Workaholics being kind of inspired by um, It's Always Sunny in some ways. So I watched all of that. And sure enough, there are a few, like, very easily, easily recognizable like shout outs to It's Always Sunny or kind of Easter eggs about it. If you haven't seen either show, you're not going to know. But two things that I really noticed, and maybe there's other ones. If you have seen other Easter eggs, please let me know. I would love to find them. But one episode is called uh, Night at the Dudeseum or something. And they have a, this thing called Dursday. One of the characters' names is Anders. And he has Dursday where the two other friends have to do like whatever he wants for the whole day. And they do that and it's always sunny. They have Mac Day, I believe. Yeah, they have D-Day. They did a few of them, but Mac Day is probably the most famous one. And you could kind of tell that that was pulled from it because in both episodes and both shows, the guy who gets to pick what everyone does for the day picks something that nobody else wants to do. And they're very annoyed the whole time. Which I think is funny, in theory, because in a friend group, normally you would want your friends to be supportive. And then another thing that they kind of hinted at 
literally, was Durs wears a Patty's Pub shirt in Workaholics. And Patty's Pub is the name of the bar that the gang owns in It's Always Sunny. So that was kind of cool. They're little homages to them, and they've talked about it. Uh, the guys who do Workaholics have a podcast that I listen to, and they've kind of talked about that a few times. And I just think it's fun when shows can be inspired by another show without directly copying them. Because I've seen things where you're like, this is basically the same show. And I think they do a good job of putting their own spin on everything and being original, but then also like paying tribute to the shows that inspired them or the people that inspired them. So that was just one thing that I wanted to quick give a shout out to. Next, I want to talk about some of my favorite quotes. Okay. There's so many and it's very hard to choose. So I'm just going to do a few. First, I wanted to say that if someone has done a count of how many times D says, oh, God damn it. And that's kind of how she says it. And it's a bad impression. She says that all the time. And it's very funny. And everyone calls her a bird and she's mad. And I was thinking how fun it would be to go through the series and like mark down how many times she says that. And then I realized I don't have time for that. And if I made time for that, I'd probably drive myself crazy. And then I wouldn't like the show anymore. So I'm sorry. I don't know how many times she says it. But it's a lot. And she also has another quote where she says, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of something with my cat. She's just, I don't know. The way she says it is way funnier and I can't deliver it right. But I, I really like that quote, okay? Anything D says is good for me. Frank, Danny DeVito's character, one of his best lines ever is, um, I'm a man cheetah. <laughs> he comes out. The gang is like all mad at each other. And he keeps mentioning this man cheetah and people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then he comes out into the bar with this cheetah costume on and he's like swinging the tail around from the costume. And he's like, what's up? I'm a man cheetah. And every, all the gang is like, yeah, we like, we like this. Like he's not doing anything with it. He's just dressed up as a cheetah. And they're all like, this is the best thing ever. Like I love this. And I think it's so weird because they're so mean to each other. And in this moment, they're just kind of bonding. Dennis is like, yeah, I like that. It looks good. And then one of the other ones, which is, this quote is actually from The Gang Gets Quarantined, where Frank is covered in hand sanitizer. He's laying on the ground like a seal, and he lifts his head up, and he just goes, I just want to be pure. And, <laughs> oh my god, it's so, so funny. Um, the imagery... If you can picture it, that's great. If you've seen it, you're picturing it right now. Hopefully you understand why it brings me such joy. Um, Danny DeVito really commits for his character. And I think in real life, he seems like a saint. Like he seems like a really nice guy, but he plays this like weird, mean, grimy old guy who sleeps in a bed with Charlie and they're like way too close and it, it's fine. Um, yeah, I just love him. Then I want to talk about, then, welcome to my essay. No, now I want to talk about Charlie and some of his best mistakes with words. So he is fairly illiterate is kind of the only way to say it. Sorry, I know it's kind of mean to his character. I think in real life, he's very smart. But I just wanted to go through some of the funniest words that he has mispronounced or misspelled. The first one that I have is a famous meme that lots of people know uh, called a uh, door marked private. 
he's sitting at the bar with Dennis. Not his bar. I don't believe it's their bar. And he points to this door marked private and he goes, whoa, do you think a pirate lives in there? And Dennis is like, you mean the door marked private? And Charlie thought that the door marked private said pirate. Okay, maybe it seems simple, but whoever wrote that and then they delivered it, it's genius. It's so funny because he's so serious. He's like, oh my gosh, do you think a pirate lives in there? Like, oh, he's like super excited. (laughs) And Dennis is like, dude, it says private, not pirate. How cool would it be though if it actually did say pirate? Um, Just a little idea from the show, just saying. And then here's a spelling one. So I'm going to spell it out for you. He writes a letter for the mayor and he writes out the number four, four, he spelled the correctly. And then mayor is spelled M-A-R-E. He writes it on a letter. Four of them are, it's pretty good. Another famous meme is Pepe Silvia. And he says the word Pepe Silvia. A lot of people have different conspiracies over whether or not they think he's trying to say Pennsylvania. Uh, But then a lot of people say the people in the meme existed. So it's kind of complicated. I think Pennsylvania makes the most sense. Like Pepe Silvia, Pennsylvania. Obviously it's not spelled the same, but like I said, he can't really read. So what are you going to do? Uh, that's a famous one. Look that up. His whole rant is very impressive. And he has this look on his face, like he's in Criminal Minds and he's like, Hodge, sorry, if you don't watch Criminal Minds, you don't know what I'm talking about, but he like puts his hand on the board and he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like one hand on the whiteboard, one hand is like pointing with a finger at the group. And you're like, these are your assignments. And that's kind of what he looks like, except a little crazier. The other one was when he thought the closed sign at the bar said Coors. So, which is like a type of beer, I believe. And he turned this on every single day. And I forgot how they figured it out. I think Dennis asked him, like, why is the close sign on? And he was like, oh, that's the core sign. And Charlie admits that he turns this switch on, like, every day. And that's why there's no people in the bar. Because he turned on the closed sign. Because he thought it said cores. Again, genius. Pretty good. And then my uh, last one. Well, I have two more for you. One of them is technically not Charlie because he didn't say it, but he wrote a speech for his mom. And I believe this was when she was sick or they at least thought that she was sick. And he just wrote, give me money, money, me, money now, me a money needing a lot now. And I've never related to anything more as a college student. I think that would be a really funny shirt to have at like graduation, maybe a little pun or not a pun, but a little joke about student loans because college is expensive. Uh, And then our last Charlie quote is him thinking that when Dee says the name Channing Tatum, that she's saying Charming Tate Man. Not the same. He gets very frustrated. He's like, why are you, why are you saying that? That doesn't make any sense. She's like Channing Tatum. And he's like, what, who, who is this Charming Tate Man? I, I'm sorry. Sorry I said it. And I'm sorry if that's gross, but it's, Freaking hilarious, okay? Shout out to the Sunny Riders. I keep forgetting that I have a sound machine and I keep forgetting to use it, so I apologize for that. Um, But it's really fun to use, so I'm going to try to throw it in there more. The last thing that I want to talk about in regards to It's Always Sunny is um, this assignment that I did for my sophomore year 
women's and gender study final uh, in college. I did not do this in high school. They probably wouldn't let me. Um, I don't really have a full game plan, but I kind of wanted to tell y'all some of the things that I wrote about because it was super fun to deep dive into one specific episode of the show and write about things that I liked, things that I thought could they could do differently. Because like I mentioned, I think in a previous pod, I can't remember which one, but I think it's important as fans of media to be able to criticize it and you know, not be like, this sucks, but like, here's what you could do differently that would maybe be better, maybe would reach wider audiences or make people, more people want to watch. Not that I think they need to change a lot of things, but the episode that I deep dived into was called The Gang Beats Boggs Ladies Reboot. So this was season 13, I think. And earlier on in the show, they did an episode, what was just about beating Wade Wade Boggs, yeah, in like a drinking contest on an airplane. Seems pretty simple, right? But it's pretty funny. And then this one is the ladies' reboot. So then in this episode, it's mostly women. Danny DeVito is in the episode, but it's like almost all of the main women that are in the cast are in this episode. And they talk about a lot of important stuff. So the first thing I want to say is that I'm fairly certain mostly men wrote this episode. So Obviously, they're not going to have all of the perspectives, but I think that there was probably some sort of female input. However, I don't know for sure. So that was one of my kind of critiques of maybe not just this episode, but like shows overall where only men are writing them. But in this episode, uh, all of the ladies are on a plane. And some of the things that I wrote about were... Key terms. Sorry, that was a terribly annoying sound. Uh, One of the things I wrote about was competitive individualism. So everyone sit down and get your notepad. No. Uh, Which is basically, in the context of what I was learning about, uh, women's rights starts to become focused on self-development rather than the development of women's rights altogether, which is one thing that has been talked about a lot recently in the media. um, How, like, moving forward in women's rights doesn't just mean that like you focus on how you can only help yourself. Obviously, self-care and self-perseverance is important, but you can't really say you're a feminist if you only care about yourself or women who look like you or identify just like you, right? Like you have to include women of color and you have to include trans women in that and non-binary folks and just being able to uh, support everyone and push for equality for everyone and not just you. So that's just kind of a background of why I use that term. But in this episode, Dee says at one point, the only way to beat men is by competing against other women. So obviously this is a satirical show, so she doesn't really mean this, but I think it's a cool commentary, not cool, but like an interesting way to comment on how women have kind of been socialized to like beat each other and be better than each other and and be like, oh, I want to be prettier than this person, or I want to have more money or more followers than this person. And Dee has that sort of self-sabotage ideal because she only cares about herself. And she also says, it's my hatred for them that kept me going, referring to her, in quote, friends. Uh, And it's not that women are inherently, like, selfish or competitive, but have kind of been told to be that way. Like, 
in order to succeed, you need to beat everyone else. But in reality, you can be friends with other people and help uh, rise up their voices, lift up their voices, while also lifting up your own. And I think that the way they did this was really great because obviously it's a comedy about drinking, but also Dee's sort of sadness with herself is what makes her harder to get along with other women. And she really thinks that she needs to compete against women in order to somehow beat men, right? Or even just beat other women. And then another thing that I wanted to talk about was the hope in this episode. And I'm realizing maybe I should have said in the beginning, like, go ahead and watch this episode before you listen to this clip, because you might feel like you understand it a little bit more, and maybe you did that already. But I will. I am giving spoilers. Uh, hope is... I don't need to explain it, because I think hope means something different for anyone. Sorry, I'll just smack my elbow on the wall. I think that this episode provides hope, because one, we have a ladies reboot, right? And it's not exactly the same as the first episode. But we have an episode where it's all women. That being said, it is basically all white women, right? So there's something to be said about that. Um, there could definitely be more diversity in the cast and in the episode. But um, it is all about women, and they are going to a women's march. And a few of the characters clearly like believe in feminism and kind of get what it's about. But I wanted to use this one quote that Artemis says, one of the characters, she says, as women, we deserve our own story. And she is saying it kind of as like a snapback, like a sassy snapback to another character. But it's true, right? Like, just because a group of guys do this one thing doesn't mean a group of women can't do it. Or as Artemis says, can't do it better, because she talks about how it should be better, <laughs> because it's women. And I totally agree. Uh, no shade to the guys, but Artemis is right. So I liked that, and I liked that, even though it was, I like that, and I like that. Even though it was not really about the Women's March, it was the fact that it was making fun of people who just use Women's Marches as like an activity to do, but then also that there are women who work really hard to get stuff done and help other people out and are selfless. So that's awesome. And then this is another thing that I talked about in maybe two episodes ago, I think in the Bo Burnham episode about females in comedy, specifically gross comedy. At the end of this episode, spoiler alert, all the women just throw up on the plane. They're all throwing up. It's pretty gross. But Artemis says, I'm maximum grossed out. No one saw that coming from women. Here's your commentary on how women are not allowed to be gross in comedy, which is ridiculous. Yet this scene is hilarious. Unless you think vomit is really gross and you don't care, you know, who's doing it. But I really liked that because she was like, you know, no one expects that from women. They think the woman is either going to be like the sexualized object of the comedy, right? Like in so many comedies, the woman is just the character that the guy's plot point is used to like, I don't know, to end up being with her at the end. That was worded terribly, but I think y'all know what I mean. And in this, the goal here for some of the characters is actually to get laid, but the overall goal doesn't have to do with men and also can just be that people throw up and it doesn't need to mean anything because it's just gross and funny. And that there shouldn't be rules for female comedians that male comedians 
don't have or non-binary folks or anyone else, right? Like we should all be able to joke about things within reason, right? We shouldn't be able to be mean or racist or sexist, but we should be able to express how those problems impact people, but let people who experience them tell that story, right? That's kind of a long-winded way to get to the point that I wanted to make. Another thing that was clearly present in the episode is um, sexism. And it's used, again, I think satirically. Satirically? That's definitely a word. (laughs) Bonnie, who is the mother of Charlie, says so many things. Two of the best things that she says are, um, I didn't know it was an all-female flight. That feels dangerous. And, oh dear, watching a woman do math scares me. So Bonnie is an older woman, and she has some older views clearly. Um, But these are really funny because they showcase how older generations have been told, you know, even now, but a lot of people, I think, who are a little bit older now, whether they believe it or not, have been told that women can only do so much, right? Like women can't drive planes, women can't do math. Like, But we know, obviously now, yes, they can, right? Anyone can do that if they work really hard. Um, I still can't do math, but it's not because I'm a woman. It's because I don't know how and I don't try hard enough to figure it out. Sorry. Um, so I really liked the way that she said it. And everyone else was like, what? Like they gave her a weird look when she said it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, <laughs> your ignorance is hilarious. It was like, oh, this is wrong, right? Like, why are you saying that? But then as an audience, we're allowed to laugh. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. And then one thing that was positive about women is D talks about the fact that women are excellent multitaskers. I agree, right? Um, We can do anything. I did read something the other day that said multitasking isn't real, and I will admit it was very upsetting to hear. I don't agree with it, but um, they like explained it in a way that seemed really accurate, and I was a little scared. But anyway, they are, okay? They're we can multitask. It's fine. That was one positive thing that D said. And then basically I ended this, I feel like I just gave a speech in middle school. I ended this um, assignment, trying to think of the right words, assignment final by saying uh, how the show could do better, right? And one way, like I said earlier, is they could add um, more women of color or just people in general, not just women, uh, because it's basically just white people. And then specifically in this episode, it would have been interesting to hear the take of a trans woman, because obviously they have a unique perspective. And I think that um, cis women should not speak for that experience. And please reach out to me if you disagree, or if you have more ideas about that. But I thought that could be a good way to expand the show, and I know fans feel like maybe they're getting too PC and they're not being funny anymore because they aren't being fully offensive or whatever, but they still talk about things and show problematic things all the time. And I know that it's a commentary on why it's wrong. Like, we're not supposed to like these characters, right? Like, they're awful on purpose, and the audience isn't supposed to be like, gosh, when I grow up, I want to be just like Dennis, right? Dennis is scary and should probably be in jail. But we learn from them and we laugh at their horribleness because it's so ridiculous. But then again, people like this actually exist. So I think that they're moving forward in a good way where they're maybe not using certain words that hurt people now, 
but they're not going to give up on talking about important issues. But then they also have to remember that it is an all white cast and all cis cast. Um, the main cast is straight as far as I know. So there's certain experiences that I hope they have in the past and will continue to bring in people who have experienced things firsthand so that they can give an accurate description, at least of their individual experience, because obviously not everyone has the same experience. Uh, but yeah, so that is kind of a deep dive into Ladies Reboot. I appreciate you if you stayed uh, for all of that, because if you haven't seen It's Always Sunny, you might have thought, oh my gosh, why are you diving into this whole episode? It's one of my favorite episodes. It's why I chose to do a paper on it. And I think that you can enjoy this comedy, but you also, you can also learn a lot from it. And clearly you can write about it and it can mean something to people. That being said, this was a fun episode for me to record because I get to talk about basically my favorite show of all time. And I would love to talk to any of you about it. If you haven't seen it, please just watch one of the episodes I talked about, right? See if it's for you. It's not for everyone. I'm not, obviously I'm not going to be like, ugh, you don't watch this. Don't talk to me anymore because I don't like people who do that. But uh, just try it out and see if you, see if you like it. And if you are obsessed with it and you are like, oh my gosh, yes, I agree with so many things you said, or what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. I want to talk to you about the show. I love the show. I love meeting other people who are fans of the show and maybe have different experiences. If you ever met the cast, I saw someone on Twitter post a picture of them in front of the actual Patty's Pub sign, which was super cool. And I'm like, I want to talk to that person. So yeah, that would just be super awesome. I think one great thing about media is how it can bring people together, bring fans together. Anyway, overall, the show is great. Obviously, you can critique anything, but I still love it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are all staying safe and healthy and taking care of yourselves. Again, reach out to me about really anything, right? If you don't know me, that's fine. If you do know me, um, say hey, you know, let me know what's going on in life. And let me know if you're liking the pod, okay? Don't forget to rate it on Apple Podcasts. It's probably never going to be trying to think of a popular... I'm not Joe Rogan, but then again, I'm a woman, so I think I can do it better. Okay, I'm just kidding. Thank you all for listening so much. Toodles!